Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. I'm Lucille Tiamore. We were going to do mostly music this <laughs> week. But we have, you have a friend of yours coming. I have a friend of mine coming, so we'll see if he wants to talk a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait to talk about um, Pamela until he gets here. Okay, yeah. There's uh, Pamela Pareski is somebody I'm, yeah, I'm very interested that we're going to wait to talk about. We'll wait to talk about. I got to get right into it. I got to get out. I got to get it out. I got to get right into it. On the way here. On the subway, I saw something interesting. It was somebody had taped this up on uh, on on one of the posts there, and it is an advertisement. Singer looking for a girlfriend to travel the world. With. <laughs> Leave your info on the site below, and I will contact you. If is he paying? Fit. Singing for a girlfriend dot com. We could look it up. Singing, singing for a girlfriend dot com. Should I look that up? I already have six boyfriends. <laughs> singing for. I'm just interested now for a girlfriend. There's also a guy that um, that has for years had this wife wanted poster. Up around and his his his, what he's he's just asking for too much. He's like must be between twenty and thirty. Stop. And how old is he? Fifty. Now I I'm I don't know exactly what what it was and but it it did seem like he was asking for a little too much. Uh, this is was asking, he offering anything in this, return? This is asking me to sign into Google. That's not going to happen. I don't do that. Was he offering anything in return for having a wife? Yeah. Not that I can recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, here's a note, something. If you're dealing with somebody who has overdosed and you call the police, do not tell them. You, you were telling me earlier, tell them that the person is. Oh, yeah. So Callan Lord, um, Callan Lord actually told me this. Um, Callan Lord. um um, our guest actually works at, um, but he's, he's not a doctor, but he, he does work at Callan Lord, but, um, Callan Lord, um, is this like really great, um, community health center, um, that, you know, really services people that, um, have, you know, face a lot of discrimination by other doctors. Um, especially they, you know, give free service to sex workers. Um, you know, it's very important that sex workers see doctors because like we could, that's, you know, without seeing doctors, they're more likely to spread disease, you know? Um, of course. And it's, and there's so much discrimination in me- the medical field that a lot of them don't, you know, it's similar to fat phobia. Um, is the, so Callum Lord is not like that. They're very great. Um, and I um, had an incident um, that I like, you know, um, I thought it was ketamine you know, somebody told me it's ketamine. I only took the smallest bump, but it, um, I think it was definitely fentanyl. My doctor thinks it was fentanyl. Um, it, you know, it was, um, just like, I've never been high like this before. You know, it's very, it was very strange. It didn't, I've, you know, have tried heroin once or twice. It wasn't like heroin. It was definitely stronger than that. Um, and not pleasant. Um, and I got very, very sick, even from this very small bump. I took the smallest bump I could, you know, because I didn't know what it was, you know. 
We didn't, you know, I, you know, my idea of testing something is testing it on my nose. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. So I now have fentanyl strips, um, te- you know, test strips. The city will give you those for free right now. Um, and, you know, so they, but they also gave, taught me how to use Narcan. Um, Cal Lord, like Cal Lord is very responsible, like a very, very responsible place. Um, and um, can I see your vape for a second? Uh, I got a spare um, and, um, but they, they told me that, and this did happen to me where I was like, um, where I was calling on somebody who had OD'd and I told the dispatcher that and she started getting like very rude to me and like started acting like she was not going to come and it, they did eventually come, but like she, you know, like Rachel had to get on the phone and be like, this is like inappropriate. You need to start, need to stop treating us this way. And Rachel really had to give them like a smackdown to get them to fucking like stop treating us that way. And I guess, like, you know, sometimes they might not even come if you say it's it. Like, you know, I mean, I think they'd eventually, eventually come. But, like, they might just, like, really put it far, far, far down the list. They, you know, they're, they're like, it depends on what type of dispatcher you get. For, like, um, and, like, so the dispatcher, you know, if they have prejudice against drug addicts, like, might really, like, not um, prioritize it. And so you just have to say, like, I found them not breathing. Mm-hmm. Even if you knew that they were doing drugs, just say I found them not breathing, and they will still administer Narcan because they administer Narcan to everyone who's not breathing. So it's you don't have to worry that they won't administer Narcan if you don't tell them about the drugs. And then they said that a good time to tell them is like when you're at the hospital or in the am- ambulance already. That's a good time to mention the drugs, which they will eventually ask. You know, um, and I find like the hospital like definitely like is not like it's like a it's like dispatchers like. You know, they're not really that high up to fucking have these mortal fucking conundrum, you know, because I find hospitals aren't very judgmental. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, had that sickness and I had, you know, like, and, like not done, recently done drugs, but I knew it was like, going to come from my system. So I did mention that there had been drugs done, like, a couple of days before. You know what I mean? Like, um, and they were not judgmental. Like, at, they were not judgmental, luckily. At, at, um, I mean, that was at um, Beth Israel, which is, like, a part of Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai is, like, a really great hospital, I think, like. Um, hold on. Let me, that's him. That is our guest. We're going to buzz him in. Uh, my friend Joey Gay, pretty well-known comic. Uh, he's he's right now on tour with Pete Davidson, opening for him. And he talks about going to the hospital. And you know, doctor said, we found drugs in your system. And he said, I know. I put them there. <laughs> yeah i mean i just like went in like immediately sort of like ta- telling them about it so that they they wouldn't just find it but then unfortunately they found like a drug i didn't take they found opiates in my system and i didn't take that so that's um unfortunate that's unfortunate that's unfortunate um but i had like licked old bags so like we don't know where that came from don't do that anymore yeah you know what i mean so we don't know like which drug dealer that even came from but unfortunately one drug dealer did put opiates in um it wasn't mine it was like a friend's bag so i don't know like it's not like mine but like it's still somebody i use with and so it's very scary but like i've never i've been tested on my regular dealers before and never had opiates come up so you know it's very it was a very scary situation but um i was very sick and i was you know at a bar i used to work at it was a very bad situation um and like the room is spinning and like um so, like, now I know how to use Narcan, and I, you know, they also suggested I take a CPR class, and, you know, that's, I think, you know, if we're going to... Yeah, when know. you mentioned that, I'm, I'm going to do that also. I'm going to do a CPR and first aid course. Uh, yeah. It's just a... I've been certified in the past. 
I am a caregiver for a 90-year-old woman, my mom, and it's with, just... With the fentanyl, there's a fentanyl epidemic, and it's in a lot of, you know, even people you trust so much might be giving it to you, and you, it's like, and you really need to, um, you know, make sure, like, that you, like, have the ability to even save your friend, because how could you, like, do anything if you don't know CPR? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really faced that with my roommate, you know. Um, come, come in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, with my roommate who was, you know, using and then like I, you know, found her like out like a couple of times and, um, you know, she did end up dying. They, they, they said that she died of cancer and not of like an overdose um but you know she was probably using because she was dying of cancer you know um but which is very sad um but like you know she also wasn't going to the doctor and that's a choice that some people make you know um when they have cancer but like it wasn't a very good choice to make i mean i guess you can't judge other people like in those choices that they make like some people just feel i think like cancer treatment is too much to go through i guess you know Mm -hmm. um like i don't know like she didn't she wasn't telling anyone she had cancer you know, wow, yeah. She, she she like lived that alone. It's very sad. Um, that is sad. But I'm glad we had like some good times before she died. I guess at least you know. Let's play a song while I go over some of the studio protocols with uh, your guest. Yes, let's play the Jelly Roll song because I you know should not be taking drugs from people I don't know. <laughs> Two, three. Shooting stars to use wishing on you. 
feels hopeless but feel like it's all that I need Something inside of me's broken I hold on to anything that sets me free I'm a lost cause Baby, don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life is shattered, my hopes and my dreams I'm a lost cause Baby, don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's an artist I was not uh, familiar with and I will become more familiar with. Yeah, Joy Roll, like I've seen some video of like the speeches he gives um, at concerts and they seem like very, very motivational. And like, you know, for such a big guy, he's like very sensitive. I think I think most big guys are like deep down when you get to know them. But I think like he's doing it so outwardly, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was very honest yeah you and his know? voice is incredible like i am a person who doesn't really believe in good or bad art i i to me what what i look for is honesty yeah uh and wow that was very honest rain welcome to art star scene radio hey <laughs> it is a pleasure to meet you tell me two things that the world would like to know about rain <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> what is there to really know about me? <laughs> um, well, like Luke said, uh, I'm former military, former Marine Corps, and uh, what else is there? Oh. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I really think there's really like too many things anybody really needs to know about me. Everything's more, more like, uh, you know, it comes up when it comes up. <laughs> okay, uh, Marines, yeah. thank you for your service. What? Uh, where? Where? Where did, when and where were you? Uh, 2005, 2009. Uh, I was in Japan and I also did uh, two tours over in the Middle East and I got to go to Korea and the Philippines as well. What drew you to the military? Um, <laughs> to be completely honest, you know, how everybody when they're little, they're like, what do you want to do? You grow up, blah, blah, blah. I was huge into like martial arts and everything when I was younger and, uh, to be completely honest, I was like, I want to be a fucking ninja when I get <laughs> And then I was like, no, maybe I just want to do, you know, some rogue shit. And then I was like, nah, I want to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> so then I just ended up in Marines after that. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I know that when when the song was playing, I said, you know, you don't have to talk, don't have to say anything. And, and then you put him on the two spot. Minutes, two minutes in, I put you on the spot. I just realized that. Sorry about that. It's all good. Um, we were going to talk about Pamela Paresky. Yeah, have you heard about Pamela Paresky? She's this, um, she has like started a little social club for the people who have been canceled. Um, but she has some, I've been reading through her articles and she has some interesting things to say. Um, you know, like unpopular things, um, but like things that, questions we do need to be asking, I, I think, like, like about, like, um, you know, 
with with sort of saying with affirming every single because I don't I don't I don't think that like every organization does this and I think we're a little bit better in New York but I feel like there are certain places that are just affirming every single trans kid and saying like yes yes like and um she's asking like are we leaving behind anybody who has like underlying issues if we do that you know like are we like um like should we not like should we be like be questioning Here's one of the things that you put out there, one of the quotes. The assumption that in the face of an explosion of trans-identifying children, the moral and ethical and medical imperative is to identify the children who are authentically transgender and provide them gender-affirming treatment, while preventing children whose self-described transgender identities are masking their real issues from accessing these same medical interventions. Gender affirmation means unquestionably accepting and confirming a child's declaration of gender identity and provide medical intervention if that interventions that allow their bodies to more closely conform to their identities. I came to the conversation assuming that gender-affirming care would effectively and productively relieve the distress of the former group of children and do damage to the latter. Yeah, I mean, Callum Lord was very good about like giving me a lot, a lot, a lot of therapy. Like, well, or not, I didn't get therapy through them, but I got, they, I got a like a very good psychiatrist through them, and they like did ask a lot of questions, and like I think you know, um, made sure to still address my mental health issues. But um, I think there are places that are not doing that. You know what I mean? And like they're just assuming that it's going to be a band aid, you know, like over other problems. And whether you're transgender or not, you might have other problems that are not like being addressed. You know, I mean, mental health care is just not being addressed enough in this nation right now. Oh, God, I know. Yeah. yeah. Mental I'm, health out here, like mental health care out here is a joke. <laughs> it's it's a it's a whole joke, especially when it just comes to just how we treat people in general. I mean, like, look at all the unhoused people that we have outside in our streets. Like, we have enough abandoned homes in this country to give every unhoused person two homes. I know. Like, it's that's, crazy. That's insane. And then when you uh, add the fact that you add the homelessness on top of the complete lack and disregard of mental health that we have out here, it just makes everything just so much harder than it needs to be for most people, especially when you're someone young who is going through, uh, you know, thinking they might be transgender or something like that. Um, and you live in a place where it's not like New York or it's not like, you know, a coastal city where there's more accepting and it's more diversity. So now you're a kid who feels very alone um, and not knowing where to go and who to talk to in order to, at least express these ideas. Maybe you're not trans. Maybe it's just something that you just feel like, you know, there's just something going on. You just feel kind of different. You don't have anywhere to talk to or anyone to turn to. You know, you end up becoming this adult, just holding this stuff in. And then you try to go to another place to try to express that thing. But since you've come from such a background where you didn't really have that support, you don't know how to go about it. And it kind of just makes you spiral into this whole thing where you end up out on the street or even worse, you know? Yeah, I mean, my mom disowned me for, like, 10 years when I first married a girl. Like, she, it was, like, a very, um, well, I got a domestic partnership because marriage wasn't legal yet, but she disowned me, and, like, I wasn't really not really ready for that to happen, and I think, you know, she she doesn't read it that way anymore. She says I abandoned her, you know, and, like, we can't really know what happened anymore, but, um, you know, it's just, like, I, it's it's difficult. She was she was very good about me coming out as trans because she, I think she did not want to lose me again, but it just, like, it was a very difficult road being and like luckily I was old enough to be able to pay my own way and like but if I was a little younger when I'd come out 
you know, that could have been like a really catastrophic situation where I would have lost my home as a child. Yeah, I got I got lucky uh, as far as coming out in general. Like what I ID'd as just like a bunch of lesbian. No one was really surprised. It was like water's wet. Sorry, it was like water's wet. That's <laughs> 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 how that's how that came out. And then um, when I moved out here, you know, I was dating someone and I was talking to them. I was like, hey, so would you still be with me if I decided, you know, to transition and stuff like that? And they were very, very much against it, which, you know, completely broke. It broke me in a very specific way that I didn't know I could still get broken at. And, you know, I kind of kept it inside. And then I ended up uh, being unhoused for a bit uh, due to just a lot of things. I wasn't on my I wasn't on medication. I wasn't getting any kind of health care. Um, any kind of things like that. So I ended up just kind of spiraling in a whole manic thing. Um, and then I ended up staying with some front, um, some people who are very dear compared to me now. Um, they housed me for six months. They told me about Cal and where I went there. And that's when I started transitioning. And then ever since then, it's just kind of been like a, upward, a lot of upward momentum in my life. I've been, you know, I still struggle with like my own mental health issues, but it's been more upward trend. trend. Like I don't feel like I want to off myself or I don't feel like, um, you know, I don't feel like I have to just hold so much inside of me anymore. Like I feel, I feel just like the person I'm supposed to be now. I feel significantly happier. That's really like nice that you have that experience. And I feel like that's what we need to like decide is like, are you going to ha- like, I, I still do believe deep in my soul that I am trans, but like I, it didn't give me that same experience. Like the euphoria that the trans euphoria that people get, like I didn't have it. Like I had, you know, and I still, I faced a lot of backlash and I still face a lot of backlash over it. Like, and I think a lot of, I, I just was not accepted by most people for me. Like, I think, I don't know if it's just cause I have like a feminine face or, you know, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, when you were transitioning to Lucas and people would ask how I felt about it, I said I fell in love with a person, not a gender. Yeah, you are great. But like a lot of people you remember, I mean, I do. It's I been do. like a long five five years. You know, it's been a long five years. And like I just did not, I think, feel really prepared to I think you really have to be prepared to do it. And I I felt very pushed into it by my by run through um, this like one medical association like. And I think they really probably pushed it because they thought, like, if I transitioned, I would need more care. It's, Which you like, you like run through, so you don't really like me speaking that way about them. But You say anything you want. Y- you know, I just feel like they might have felt like I would need more care. Then. You know what I mean? Like, I was finally recovering, and they needed me to, like, I, I feel like run through does not have their patient's best in- interest at heart. Yeah, that kind of goes to the whole saying with uh, there's no profit in healing people. It's, how, it's like, that's like, that is a lot of the mindset a lot of people have when it comes to our healthcare system out here in the States is like, there's no profit in healthcare. We're the only country that has advertisements for pharmaceuticals. Like, totally. <laughs> like that's the most like, yeah. insane thing in the world. Like we have advertisements for pharmaceuticals that have this myriad of just horrible side effects. Every single side effect. Is yeah. Death. Every single one is death. It's like, let's get us some antidepressants. Oh, side effects may include suicidal yeah. tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, which one is it going to be? You know? And I get, they say like those, those, uh, <clears throat> those, uh, you know, side effects are rare and stuff, but it's still like, you know, it goes back to there's no you know, profit and healing people. That's why, you know, it's long term healthcare and all this stuff. There's stuff they're trying to make sure everyone has insurance so that way they can build insurance and get paid and stuff. Like I saw, um, some reel or something on Instagram or something like that where, uh, this dude was talking to his father about when they went to the hospital, they went to the hospital to give birth to this dude and he, the hospital stay was like $70. $70 for them to give birth, stay in the hospital, ambulance, everything, $70. <laughs> like, 
what is that? Like, there's people literally taking Ubers to go to a hospital instead of an ambulance because they don't want to get oh, stuck I've done with an $11,000, like, bill. It's insane. I've done that before. Um, I, I can't get an apartment because I've had so many ambulances. And, like, I can't. They ruin my credit. Like, because ambulance bills are not the same as medical. An ambulance does affect your credit. And mm-hmm. people need to realize that. Um, the ambulance bill does go, like, to collections. And, like, I took, like, like probably... 40 ambulances when they were coming to my house every day. So I owe, like, I can't even imagine how much that bill is. It's like my, it's like $50,000 at least. Wow. And by the way, when you're talking about the side effects, the drug companies have to negotiate uh, the labeling. They, they, they will try to make it seem, seem less, less than it yeah. is. They'll yeah. be like, do we really have to say explosive diarrhea? Yeah. <laughs> Your ass explodes. Yes. <laughs> We have your ass explodes when you take this shit. And I, I feel like with all the ads, like at one point I thought I was supposed to figure out my own medicine. So I was like trying to figure out, like I was researching all of the psych meds, trying to figure out. And I went to my psychiatrist and I was like, I can't figure out what med I need to be on. And he was like, that's not your job. <laughs> but like, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it is your job almost. You know, it seems like you should just be like figuring out what you need on your own. But no, I've, I've had, I'm lucky to have very good doctors. Um, they just keep leaving me. <laughs> and back to mental health care, the the refrain that they say, and I've said this before on the show, they 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 say, you know, if you need help, ask for help. I've been asking for help. Oh yeah, I've been, been trying to get a for therapist help for like for years. For years and I know? have insurance. I have good insurance. I have Oscar Platinum insurance, and I finally. Went to the gay men's. I went. Programs. I went to to GMHC. They do. So they were originally for, for AIDS, AIDS and yeah. HIV, yeah. but they do now uh, serve people who are positive, negative women as well. So um, they do more comprehensive kind of like healthcare in a sense. I, I think it's similar to like they take all queer. People. Yeah, yeah, right. Like all that seems to be, yeah. I mean, I will, I will, I will believe it. And they make exceptions. Like Callan Lord used to see my brother, even though he's like not technically queer, but he like you know is like it's queerish. You know, I don't know. It's queer adjacent. Queer, he's queer adjacent. (laughs) You know, they took him. You know, but he's also like has you know an actor. He has poverty problems. You know, and they like Callan Lord likes to serve underserved. You know. Yeah, there there were a lot of intake questions. I think I probably made myself seem worse off, than I am, but I, I want some fucking help. Wait, wait was this, were these the people that you said your your sexuality was strange? When they asked my orientation, your I sexual said, orientation, I said, yeah, strange. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I would like to play this song. I did play it a couple of weeks ago, but um, I think it's wonderful. It's my friends. Um, it's my friend Ann Enzing, Enzminger. And, and Nick Nace, they have a band called The Brief View of the Hudson, and this song is called Angels, and I just don't think they get enough airplay. So we're going to play <laughs> this right now, Angels. I'll tell you when the time comes around I'll tell you when the time comes around I'll tell you when the time comes around Oh Lord, I wish I was in heaven sitting down I wish I 
so I could... Angels, a brief view of the Hudson. You're listening to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about that. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about our new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Thank you very much. I'll take that. Um... One of my mental health issues that I'm doing some study on, studying on, trying to figure out why this happens, is that um, I remember I don't remember things well, correctly. I, I know. I wonder sometimes if you do have DID as well. And you have some severe childhood trauma. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, so I do sometimes wonder. You know, like you've never had enough time with a like psychiatrist for, to be diagnosed with that, but... um. I mean, we've talked about it on the air. You don't mind me talking No, about I don't. No, like, there's, like, he has, like, or maybe he's more, like, split personality, which is, like, a thing, too. Like, um, it's because, like, D.I.D. is, like, a spectrum. Um, and there's, like, a split personality. He has another alter who's, um, like, female and, you know, like, very good friends with me, Lucille. Like, uh, um, not as good friends with Lucas, but, like, really good friends with Lucille. You're not bad friends with Lucas. You're just not as, like, friends friendly. Okay. <laughs> you're, one of, you're, like, you're definitely, like, yeah. Darla is definitely, like, like, a girl's girl. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, no, like, that's, I mean, you have severe childhood trauma, so, like, it, it would, like, go with it. It would be really weird that, like, that we knew three people with it, but, like, I've also known a lot of people who, are, who have, you know, and that's only, uh, only three people out of, like, I've known a lot of mentally ill people, you know, pretty much everyone I've ever known is mentally ill. Some of the arguments we used to have in the past... Um, you would like not remember. I would remember things very differently. Like you would say, uh, such and such happened and I'll be, and I'll, I'm, I'm like, it didn't happen like that. It happened this way. And I, there was a small thing that happened to me recently that because it was so small made me start to think about this, you know, false memory thing a little more seriously. I don't know why it was a small thing that made me take it seriously, but it did. It was when I had gone on the Spookorama ride uh, at Coney Island, nah. and they take the picture, you know, they take a picture when you something really fucking so scary bad. happens. And um, and we saw we didn't buy the picture, but we saw the picture, and me and I was with with Jen. We were we were we were, we were laughing and laughing and laughing. And Is that the same ride we brought you on? No, the Spookorama is okay. an old ride. Because it's the not other actually ride all that scary. It's really but scary. No, it's not that <laughs> scary. But they do have this thing where there's a sudden pop and and like a, an air shoots in your face. So it's just the, the combination of a physical and, a, and an oral, A-U-R-A-L yeah, yeah. sensation um, that causes a, a startle response. And so I was talking to Rev Jen about the picture on the train when we were getting back. 
And she's like, yeah, we were both so terrified. The image in my mind is that she was laughing and I had reacted hardly at all. But that's not what she saw. Yeah. That's not what she saw. That's not how she remembered that picture. Yeah, I mean, you definitely lose time. And I used to think it was really more the drinking, but, like, I think you're still losing time. I feel like there's conversations we'll have late at night you won't remember. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, or, like, we'll get in an argument, and then your mom will side with, like, like later your mom will, like, like have agreed with me how it went down and not with you. You know what I mean? She's always on your side. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you will not kick her out. It is the middle of the night, and you're like, go. <laughs> we used to we we used to not be able to have sleepovers very well, but we're, <laughs> we're better now. We're better now. <laughs> you want to tell me about this song, Crazy Crazy? This seems like the right time for it. Oh yeah, this song. I think you probably know it. It's um, it's a pretty popular song. Like, or it used to be a pretty popular song. Not not a currently a popular song, but um, um, it's just like um. I mean, it's a good song for me. All right. <laughs> Here we go. There you go. It's a good song. <laughs>
That was crazy, crazy by Guinevere. Um, yeah, I imagine that's sort of how I make a lot of my partners feel. Is like I make them a little bit fucking psychotic, but um, you know, it, it's in a, the it, beginning, it's an enjoyable time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an enjoyable. <laughs> One, t- we've broken up several times. Uh, that was in the beginning of our relationship. Now we've been pretty damn stable for a few years now. Uh, <laughs> Lucas I'm, didn't really break up with you at all. It was Lucille. Like Lucille was like, "I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian," and you were. Like, oh yeah, one time you broke up with me. I didn't know you broke up with me. We've told this story a few times, but Rain, this is a good one. <laughs> all right. She calls me up and she goes, uh, "I don't want cocks anymore. Yeah. I don't want any more cocks." And then hung up. Okay. I thought I thought we were broken up, you know. So <laughs> I didn't think that we were broken up. I thought you just didn't want cocks anymore. And I called you know, a couple of days, maybe a week later. And this I was said, before that, like we start. I started fucking you up the ass, so I kind of like felt like that's the end, you know. This is before. This is when I was still fucking you, and it was like a dominant. Yeah, I was like we were pretending to do. It's you're supposed to call it consensual, non consensual sex, but I call it rape play. Call it whatever you want. We had yeah. safe words. We had safe words. Yeah, um, yeah I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know about that life. And yeah. then, then I called you like a week later, and I said, uh, hey, I'd like to make dinner for you. And you and you said, I told you I don't want cocks. And I said, <laughs> I'm not talking about my cock. I'm talking about dinner. And just that, just the fact that that I still very much wanted a relationship even though there wouldn't be sex involved. I ended up taking his cock. You wanted my cock yeah. again. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> Another time you broke up with me, it was my first time with, uh, I'll call her shitty therapist, uh, with the shitty therapist that I saw for a while. Um, oh, yeah. She told him, like, he could never, like, this is where he started his, like, you know, um, like, working out journey, but, like, he wasn't, like, unfit. You know what I mean? Like, he was very active. He just didn't really have any muscles. And, like, she was like, you would need an operation if you were going to get fit. I was was a month away from turning 54. Mm -hmm. And I told her I have a goal to be fit as fuck by 55. That is a reasonable goal. I'm saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying six month, six week abs. Right. I'm I'm over a year. And and she said, that'll take an operation. What? Yeah, that was some my therapist. And she would also like fall asleep. Some people shouldn't work in any sort of field like that. Like some people just should maybe live at the DMV or something. I don't know. I'm 58. <laughs> Is she the, good for you, bad? Fifty-eight. Is now. she the therapist that um that like I broke up with you while you were in session? Yeah. Uh, this is how you did it. I had written. I had texted you. Something about, you know, I'm, I'm here to, you were going through something, I'm like, I'm here to help you, whatever you need. But I wasn't being sincere. I was not being sincere, even though, and I think you read through it. Um, <laughs> and you texted, your services are no longer needed. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> LOL. I mean, sometimes you just got to be like upfront with it. Like, listen, you're not getting this. This is exactly what I mean. We're done. LOL. LOL. <laughs> it's part of the breakup. Oh, I mean, man. I've definitely, I've definitely texted someone uh, LOL at the end of something. Uh, uh, I had I had one ex who was uh, like just 
going on my Facebook and seeing stuff and just finding reasons to get mad. So that was done. That's, and they, yeah, that's like a <laughs> they were toxic. they were just they were just finding reasons to get mad at like just stupid shit, like shit that was so irrelevant, it had nothing to do with them. I'm like, well, if the shoe fucking fits, then it's about you, I guess. Um, I can't stand when people like fucking attack me but, with my uh, posts, and I'm like, this post had but, nothing uh, to do with you. Uh, they had said something about like deleting my number, and I was like. Since I know they go on my Facebook, I was like, okay, you can, I'm like, you can delete my number, but you can't unsuck my dick. So. Yeah. <laughs> that got them really pissed off. And, you know, then they blocked me. I was like, good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. September is suicide prevention month. Uh, the new hotline is 988. But my mother called that on me, but she says she called that. But I think she called 911 because the fucking cops came and not the fucking. There was no social worker that came. So the fucking cops came. Oh, fuck that bitch. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should be more appreciative. Also, uh, you know, people take note of the people who post you, that say, hey, I am available to any of my friends. And then if aren't. Need, no. <laughs> I'm saying take note of these folks because they're no, saying I am that. Av- I am available. I'm available. Like I've been I have talked to a lot of people down off of like mm-hmm. some some cliffs. And like it, like I do want my friends to know I'm available for that. Because uh, a lot of people they'll they'll put that out there every now and then. Take note of it. However, you take your notes. You know, I, I write shit down on paper personally. I know everybody has notes on their phones or whatever it is. But be aware of the people who say you can reach out to me. Yeah, I'm hoping 988 is not just calling the cops. Like I'm hoping nah, it's not just calling the cops. I I don't I, think my mom called the. No, nah, it's not just calling the cops because I I used it recently you um, it. okay great. yeah i didn't use them to call anybody though because then i didn't want to you know end up in a fucking psych hold so i end up like ending the conversation pretty but, early um, yeah, yeah I, end up, I, end, I end up ending the texting conversation um but uh yeah it's not it's not cops but i just really just didn't want to end up getting put in a fucking psych hold like I yeah got, i got other shit to do i don't need <laughs> i don't need to be in a fucking psych ward for like fucking word, 72 yeah. hours man how did you feel the level of professionalism was on the 988 call um did they know what they were doing in your opinion um i felt like i felt like a, it's kind of like a little yes and no like i felt like it started off good and then it just kind of started getting into like stuff where it, it like felt like they were trying to essentially like pinpoint where my location was because i had texted them off of uh a different number that's on my phone. I use one of those like texting apps to do it mm-hmm. instead because I didn't want them to have my phone number. Right. Yep. <laughs> See, that's what the thing is. My mom claims she called nine and eight. I don't know. We can't know with her, but she claims she called nine and eight. And then I get a call from the cops and they're asking me my like location. And I like, you can't like not tell the cops where you are because it's just going to escalate things. You know what I mean? And so like, they're going to track me, you know? Um, so I ended up giving it to them, but luckily, um, you know, like, I mean, you can tell them, but you don't got to let them in. Well, well have, luckily, like, Rosita, visible. like, answered the phone, and she was like, nobody called the cops here, and I wasn't freaking out. Like, they heard no noise, and they just left. You know, yeah, they not, just left. Yeah, I'm not, not about the cop thing. I'm not about the cops. Cops <laughs> do not know how to Cops hand already, already tried to kill me. I'm good on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Cops I'm have super, tried to, like, do it. Like, they, super, they always pull guns on me. Like, that's how they handle that. mental health checks. Yeah, they already cracked my fucking skull open. So yeah, you're good with that. You don't wow. need the cops coming to your house to fucking I'm like. That's the last thing somebody wants when they're suicidal is a fucking bunch of cops pulling guns on them. Well, 
Depends. Unless they want to be suicide by cop. Yeah, because like that, like that one, like that one dude well, who yeah. was uh, former military over in Cali who ended up shooting. Like he went on a rampage shooting cops because he, he was so sick of how him. fucking how the cops were shooting. Like he no, he was a cop. Oh, he okay. was a cop, and he like he was former military. He was uh, in the army. He was a he was like a really well decorated uh, soldier too, and he ended up being a cop. But he was actually you know one of those good cops that we hear all these stories about. Yeah, and but he actually like when he got so sick of stuff, he actually went on a whole shootout. Took out a bunch of those cops too before they took him down. Yeah, I I was thinking of doing death by cop. Um, nah, I, I'm not gonna get no fucking I'm not gonna get no fucking peaked in high school fuck asses any chance to kill me. I just thought like <laughs> oh well at least like they would you know get probably more, nothing more than a slap on the wrist, but at least the cops would like get it if they fucking shot me you know what i mean like and but then like like i don't know my 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 therapist was like we've lost enough people like to them we don't need to lose more people than them yeah i would yeah no suicide by cop is not the way i would go down i'm not letting some weak piece of shit like that kill me i've already gone i've done enough shit to not let some piece of shit like that kill me i just feel like (laughs) that's the reason i like was suicidal was i was like these I, i can't even get a fucking apartment because of the cops so i'll let them kill me and like they can take blame for it you know, like they can be the ones put it, put at fault because they're the ones at fault. Yeah, but you know how it's gonna work. That's not gonna happen. I know. They're not like the cops. There's nothing even happened to the cop that attacked me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got that shit on video. <laughs> and he he was coming from like oh, yeah, working this, at a yeah, hospital. Yeah, this was this was during COVID. Uh, because I was a chef before COVID, and you know everything closed down. So then I ended up uh working for the city uh through like a tip agency in the city to work in the hospital so i was working at king's county hospital during the pandemic that's the one i was um, at you came to um and king's county is a level one trauma center and so like my first day there like the first three hours we filled up like three of those refrigerated trucks in like three hours it was insane that's why people having like breakdowns in the hallway like people i don't understand what do you mean filled up three refrigerated, the refrigerated trucks. trucks that they were using to take the COVID bodies those big refrigerator trucks. Holy shit. Yeah. I was afraid you were talking about bodies, yeah. dead yeah. bodies. Yeah, so I was one of the people loading bodies onto the trucks. Um, that's what I did for the first, like, year and a half of COVID. And then the last, like, six months, I helped people get registered to get vaccinated. But um, I was coming from I was coming from work at Kings County. And, I was, staying, um, and I was staying at the I was staying at a hotel they had for COVID workers because uh, I had to work a double the next day. And my house was further. So I was on my way there, and this is like right same night they enacted the curfew and like the protests and everything started. So I'm checking citizen to make sure there's no protests or anything in my route because I'm just trying to get the fuck to bed. I have like a fucking 14 hour, 16 hour shift next day. I'm not trying to get any bullshit. So I have my hospital ID on my like shoulder, like chest high, so you can see it visibly when you're walking because I knew the curfew was enacted. So I didn't want to deal with that bullshit. Standing on standing on the stairs on like Church and Nostra and having a cigarette. Uh, before I walk down and I see this like kid come flying around a corner and then like th- like 20 30 cops chasing it's like one person chasing t- like chasing this dude and this kid, this kid is like young he can't be he he can't be that much older than 25 um and the cops get him they grab him they like throw him in the trash he threw him against a car he almost got hit by a fucking bus it's like just a gang of cops jumping on this one kid so I was recording it and I'm like oh shit what the fuck and not bothering the cops, not doing anything, backing up. So one of the cops sees me recording, he's like, back Your up, back right. up. I'm already back. Yeah, exactly. I'm already backing up. I'm walking backwards because you see like 10 people coming after you. You're not going to turn your back and run. No, you're going to walk backwards because mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you like get the jump on me. Fuck this. So then they're already going after my legs and stuff. The one cop that's telling me to get back charges at me, knocks me down, cracks my skull open with a baton. I had bruises all down the right side of my body and like beat the shit out of me. And then I just end up walking. After they beat me up. Do my phone back at me. I ended up walking back to the same hospital that I work at with like massive head injury. Yeah. 
I threw I I I I kicked a cop out of the garden uh, today last night. It felt very good. There's a, I, I I volunteer to close up this little community garden. Uh, I lock it up every night, and I ask people to leave. And usually, there's only no white trouble. people give a shit. <laughs> only white people. They're like, my tax is paying for this park, and I don't know why you gotta close it this early. And it's like that's like when they try to close the beach. Like you can't close the ocean. You don't own nature. <laughs> the fuck? The waves are still going? This is like owned by... I know. This, this is like a... This is a different thing. This now. is not even like a real like city park. This it's is not just even like... Yeah. It's, it's, owned, it's owned by it's like the It's run MTA. by the neighbor... It, the, no, the, the property is actually owned by the transit authority. And it was a, a neighbor down the block that got the funding to have it turned into a little and garden. The, and the garden and is ruined if they leave it open all night. Like, they'll, people will people destroy People fucking it. trash it. Yeah, because yeah, you so, can't have nice things out here. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I locked the park up at night. Whoever's in there, I asked them to leave. Last night, there was one person. It was a cop. Felt good. Good. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm sure somewhere there's a donut that needs to be eaten or, you know, <laughs> or somebody needs to get like a, a, a fucking fine for hopping the turnstile somewhere, I guess. Whatever. I used to hop to the turnstile all the time, but you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you can. I do I that shit stopped, every day I before I go to work. I stopped doing that. Like when I moved to Park Slope, I stopped doing that because I was like, they, there was just too many. I do that shit. I do that shit every day on my way to work because it's fucking trained by me. Everybody hops that turn, so nobody pays for that. Yeah, there are there are stations that (laughs) no one pays for that shit. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but every now and then, you know, yeah, you just gotta know which you just gotta know which stations like it is. To be honest, it's usually mostly like the more high traffic ones, like the one by my job. uh, There's cops over there. at the that the entrance that I usually need I tried to, take to go in. in when they let the students in one day. Thought I was fine. I looked young, right? And then they were like, they they caught me. But and then they were like, "What school are you with?" And I just like walked away from them. I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, like I could be with the school. You don't know that. Anytime <laughs> you can walk away from a police officer, walk away. If you can, walk away. If you don't, uh, know I wouldn't already, necessarily. Say, I've like tried to do that, and they've like you know. Like, Pull guns. I, I said anytime that you can. You don't know you can or you can't until they start pulling their guns. Well, no, you can, you know, am I being detained? I, yeah, I guess I should have said that first. When, like, all the times there, I've straight run from the police like a, a couple of times, um, and it never went well. Well, yeah, I mean, not to side with those assholes, but, you know, running from cops, that. That that escalates the situation. No, it's just like it's just for something no that re- it's just something that like, happens. For no reason, like, because cops it, don't cops don't know how to de-escalate shit. It's just something that like, tr- like comes over you. Like I don't know why, but it just comes over you where you like all of a sudden find yourself running from the police, and it's like a very bad idea. Of course, I it mean is. no, it is a terrible. No. Idea. I mean, when, that, when that shit was happening to me, like it took everything in me not to like start swinging at the motherfuckers. But I knew, like I'm like the moment I start swinging, I'm gonna die. You're gonna die, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not giving these motherfuckers shoot, the satisfaction. No, they're just gonna beat the shit out of me. They already cracked my skull open. They're already just yeah. gonna beat the shit out of me. We're almost out of time. Uh, and I like your song choices. I had one myself, but I, I like what. Tell me a bit about the sun is coming because we're going to close on that. Oh, it's just like a really positive song about. Oh, like, good. You know, like I think it's um, it's a little bit slower, but it's really positive and um, you know, hopeful. Nice. Ended on a good note. Ended on a good note. Rain, thank you so much thank for you for, having uh, for me. being here. Really appreciate your insight and the things that you shared. Uh, I hope that you'll come on again. This hour just goes so fast. <laughs> and uh, Lucille, always, always appreciate you in my life. I had such a nice time with you, uh, having dinner with you. 
uh, the other day. Uh, I remember texting how I just appreciated your company because I really did. It gave me great feelings. And folks at home, show yourself some love. Show some love to others. It is important. And you know that it is. This is The Sun is Coming by Felipe Baldemar. Burn your soul. Make you feel all right. Let it make you feel alive. The sun is coming. And it brings so much. Yes, it brings some love for us. I can feel it in my hands. I can feel it in your eyes. I can feel it in your faces. A change is starting. The sun is coming. your eyes, open your mind, open your arms, let in the positive, let out the negative, let go the struggle, feel your brothers, make yourself a better man, cause together there's a better world, I can feel it in my head. An animal, maybe one day we'll be humans again. Oh, oh, oh. 